0: Today's daf is Daf uh, Pe Ches. We're holding uh, at the bottom of Pe Zion on the base, about uh, four lines from the bottom of the Amid. My uh, We learned yesterday that when a uh, uh, a child is damaged, so under certain circumstances, the money that's paid to him is not given to him. But it says, Yase b'hem segula. So we translate it, make a trust. The Gemara is going to discuss more specifically, what does it mean as segula? What exactly is the best way to invest this money for the child for him to have uh, when he gets older? So that's the question, is my segula. So Rabchista Amar Seifet Torah. Fascinating, Rabchista says, the best thing you can do with that money, invest it in a Seifet Torah, so that allows the child to get direct benefits even right now from that he can study it's help to help him with his education he can go ahead and, and study and it'll be something for him when he gets older as well that's according to Rabbiste Rabbav Arvuna Amar he says dikla he says, buy a palm tree. Same idea, once more on the physical, once more on the spiritual, is again, the child can start benefiting from right now. He owns the palm tree. It's not like giving him cash that he's going to blow. It's an investment for the future too, but he gets direct dividends from it right now. What are the dividends he's going to get right from it right now? He can eat the dates from the, from the palm tree. All right. As one says, the child can right away start eating the dates from it. So that's the segula. What is the trust? How do you invest money for the child's future? The, bene- the best is that he can start benefiting from it right now. Well, what? So once a spiritual benefit, he gets a safer Torah. The other one is by a palm tree. Now, the more goes back to the uh, the machlokas that we had before. asked was a shiloh. We had asked as a shiloh, what happens if a person injures a a, a, a a daughter, a minor daughter. And the, uh, the Shailah that was raised by Rabbah was the uh, whether or not the father has the rights to the Nezik and the shevis to the, uh, right, obviously the, 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 the medical attention, that's her right to get cured medically and, and the pain and suffering and even the humiliation The Rishonim said, that's hers to take. The question is, since the Torah gives the minor daughter over to the father for financial benefits, he can marry her off. He could sell her. The question is, does he also have a right to her nezek if she becomes devaluated, or or shevis? That means the unemployment money that's during her convalescence. So we said yesterday that the shita of Rav was is that the father that 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 the that the father does not have the right to her devaluation, the only thing he does have a right to is the Chevis. The Chevis, the unemployment, because that really matches up with the, um, with, the nixay, with the with, 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 with the mysiyadayim that she owes him, that the money that she, the handiwork that she does, right? The only thing we said is gonna be a difference is if it's a situation where he's not supporting her. So when he's not supporting her, then he might not have a right to that sheves either that was a so it brings down the henna amre shlakesh also supports what Rav said he said zoksa torah laav ela sheves that the torah only gives her the right of uh El shvach that he only has the rights for the, the the spin-off that which comes from her being in a stage of narus selling her marrying her off but he does not have a right to her devaluation. Again, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a right to her shevis. that we said yesterday as well. Even according to Rav, the shevis, because that directly is out of his pocket, the unemployment that correlates with the dime that he does have a right to. But the actual devaluation, the long-term devaluation, that's hers to collect. He doesn't own her body, that's hers to collect. Rabbi Yochanan Amar He says, even a wound that she has, he has a right to collect. Now the Gemara assumes right now, when he says even a wound, that has nothing to do with the impacting on the father. I mean, just saying is any wound that she gets, the money that's collected for that wound, which is the Gemara understands is very difficult because at the end of the day, you want to tell me that the father has a right to collect, somehow it has to tie into his financial rights in her right now. But if she gets a wound on her back that's going to cure her in in, in three months and has no impact on her at this point, why would the father, according to Yohanan, have any right to get any arbitrary wound, collect the money for? So Does it makes sense, any type of wound... So therefore I feel the Rabalaza even Rabalaza welcoming boyle Ela Kabola Rabalaza who asked the Shaila I believe it was Rebbe who asked the Shiloh to Rabba, was it before? But Rebbe who raised the Shiloh was only based on Chabolo, Is when it was a devaluation, the type of wound that created a devaluation in the Isha, so they could argue that it affects the financial rights of the father. But if it's just a wound that has no impact on the financial rights of the father, what havamina mean is there that the father should collect that? So what it says like this, you're right. To Avchaso yamikasbo. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, that goes together. It means like this, which would take down her value, devaluate evaluate her. But a wound that has no devaluation impact on her. So therefore, the law doesn't devaluate her. The law did not even ask that child. It's partially doesn't have a right to collecting that. So the Ayatim Mora says, you're right. We're talking about the wound that uh, that was in her, uh, 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 that, that wounded her face. And therefore, it did devaluate her for vis-à-vis the father, even if it wasn't a, uh, a limb that was knocked off. Or, but Lamaisa it is something that affects him because now that she's unattractive because of this wound, he now is not able to marry her off at a value that he would have wanted to be able to receive, and therefore, holds, he does have some rights up to the point of when she becomes a gedola, whatever that assessment would be. He has a right to collect that value, that money, right? So that's uh, therefore that's Abiyochanaholz appears to be arguing with Rav and Reish Lokish. All right, let's go weiter. <clears throat> We said that if you damage somebody else's ever canani, so then you have to pay all five categories because you're damaging the asset of somebody else. You have to pay the full value, the full assessment. Rabbi Yudah showed up and said four out of the five you have to pay. But what don't you pay for? If you damage the Eved of someone else, you don't pay for Boshas. You don't pay for humiliation. Because he made a statement, there is no Boshas by an Eved Kanani. Now, what does that mean? What, that an Eved is not capable of being humiliated? That can't be what he means. There's no reason why an Eved Kanani can't be humiliated in terms of feeling. Philomul- so what does it mean? Why is there no payment of Boshas, according to Behuda, for embarrassing an Eved Kanani? So my time to Behuda, what's the reason for Behuda? Someone says, Amakrath, based on exeris akasiv." Why what does the POSIC say? So it says, the Posik, again, remember, the source of boches, the source of having to pay for humiliation is the two men fighting with a wife approaches one of the men of the, and grabs him inappropriately. Now the Posak says over there, Ki anoshim ish Two men are fighting, a man. With his brother. Now, a man with his brother is a redundant clause. You could have said two men are fighting. Why do I have to say a man with his brother? So, therefore, what do we see from here is that b'misha that this din of boshes that you have to pay for humiliation is only by somebody that is has the capacity to create mm-hmm. brotherhood. And Evid Kanani cannot do that. Why can't not create brotherhood? Oh, he's a Kanadi, he's not a a Yid. Even though he's chaiven mitzvahs, a, a certain level of mitzvahs, but his children are not going to be Messias after him. There's no sense of family genealogy that connects. Rashi brings down the posuk of the Zirmas, Amadom uh, uh, um, Eleichamor, uh, like we saw with, with, Av- with Avram Avinu, went off the Akedah. So the point is, they don't have that capacity to create that brotherhood, and therefore, that's a specific, what's the sforah for it? it? Doesn't have to have a sfora It's Xeris HaKosav, whatever the, but the point is, an Evet Knani is not in the parasha of uh, of of Boshes because Boshes is taller in brotherhood in Achva Ishva Akhiv, The pasuk goes out to say man fighting with his brother. I. Ah, what about the Rabbonon? What do they do with that clause? They said that clause does not exclude an Eivkanani. On the contrary, it includes the Eivkanani. Why? Because the Ebek is your brother Legabe Mitzvot. Why is he your brother Legabe mitzvah? He's had Besmila. He's gone through a partial gerus. He's quasi-convert. And becomes a full convert when he gets released. But he's Chayv and Mitzvot like an Isha. So therefore, according to the Chachamin, I mean, that's enough of a bond that we can call him what? Uh, brother. Brother. And therefore, he is in the Parsha of Bosheth. Rabonin, Achivu Hu Element The word says now like this: according to Rabbi Yehuda that says that the word "brother excludes an Evid Kanani, so then it comes out as follows. Let's say Adam Zomaman testified against an Evid Kanani. Let's say Adam Zomamin testified that they, they saw an Evid Kanani murder. right? And there were Adam Zomaman, two other witnesses showed up and said, "You could not have seen that happen because you were with us on that same day. The halacha should come out that they don't get executed, because normally, what's the halacha by Edom God, Zomamen? Zom, like right. Now, why would you say that? Because what does the Pasuk say? eved lo-yaro. lo, you do to the Edom, who the Edom Zomamen, kasher like they intended Lasos to do, l'achiv. And you're telling me the word la'achiv is to the exclusion of an Evit which means that you can't become an eight testifying against an Evit because you don't call him Achiv. Right? That's the most question. So and it's only a question of Yehuda because according to Rabbonon, they say he is considered somewhat brother because of the mitzvahs that he does. So saying, say, the, the comment at this point is saying that. In that case, if you accused an Evan kanani, you actually would be hired. You would be you're, you're executed for sure. You're high for killing an evik kanani, so therefore yeah. you're high right? So, says it says like this, so i a i that there is a general pasuk uh, that 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 that, uh, that in, incorporates even an evik kanani. posuk says uviarta mm-hmm. that you have to destroy the evil witnesses because you have to get the evil, get rid of the evil in your midst. And that's an inclusive statement to even include a case where they testified against an Canani. That's what Rabbi Yehud is going to have to say. So you're right, the word achiv generally would exclude an Eva, but here there is a incorporating also for do that's from the from the general statement is that you have to get that you have to do to them what they intended to do to get rid of the evil in the midst that incorporates even testimony against an ever Canani. Okay. Mikamakom means under all circumstances, even where he, someone that's not necessarily considered to be achiv. Now they want to ask the other way around. The, the rabbon, what about the rabbon? And the Posek says when you make a king, it says, from the midst of your brothers, you shall uh, appoint a king. Now, according to the rachomim, they say brothers does not exclude. An Ebed-Kinani. So it could come out that according to them, since from your to your brothers you make a king, you appoint a king, you should be able to appoint a king even if he was an Evet Kenani. Right, which we know that's not the halacha. Semoer says like this, yehei and Evet should be We know that's not the halacha. So Amri, Somewhere says like this, one second. Let's throw back the question at you. Means you're asking the question of me because we consider the word brother to include Evit Kanani, and yet it says you, have to, you should incorporate, you should appoint a king from your brothers. Your question should come out, you should be able to do. We all agree that you can't use an Evit Kanani. But let me ask back what about a ger? somebody that's a convert? Can he become king? I think not. No, he cannot. Right. Now, there's no question a, a convert is considered to be a brother. A convert is a full fledged Jew. So let me ask the question back on you that even if you disagree whether the word brother applies to Evakanani, you all agree the word brother applies to a ger. And Ager, yet Ager. everyone agrees that a ger can become a king. So you have to, whatever answer you're going to give for ger, I'm going to use that same answer Ager. for Evakanani. So what is it like this? I'm sorry, Amri, the Bnei shiva answered back, according to the questioner, the reasoning of the questioner, why don't you ask that question about a ger, according to all, all positions, even if Yehuda agrees that a ger is called brother. So the reason is because the Pesach says, Mikereva from the midst of your brothers. The midst of your brothers means you have, it's not all your brothers, it's from the midst. You have to choose a certain section of your brothers to make the king. What does it mean? <laughs> the most elite, the best of your brothers, means the ones that have the purest genealogical lineage, which is why that excludes a ger. Well, that's also why it excludes a So your question's not a question. We answered the question with a question, which required an answer, and that answer answered the original question. Okay. So El Ato says the Gemara. Okay, let's keep going. According to the Rabbonon, the chorah, we know that an Eved is not koshola LeEdus, an Evet Kanani cannot testify. Before we talked about testifying against an Ever by Eid of what about an Ever testifying? Is an Ever, the one in Sanhedrin says that there's qualified people that cannot testify, an Isha cannot testify, and Ever cannot testify, and Ever Knani is not allowed to testify. The question is like this why not, according to Chachamim, if the word Achicha incorporates and Eved, Kenani, as well, according to the Chachamim. so the Yeheyei Eved Kashelekt Eidus, the Hine Eid, Sheker Eid, Sheker honor beachiv. that the whole, if it comes out, that the witness is false, because he testified fight falsely against his brother. Meaning, as long as the testimony is not false, and he's testifying against his brother, you can accept the testimony. Right, brother mean another, a, 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 whoever's in the category of brother, you can accept for testimony unless he's testifying falsely. And if you <coughs> consider, what? If you consider an evad Kanani considered to be brother, it should come out, then an evad Kanani should be allowed to testify. Right? Which we know is not the case. Simona says like this, Amr Ullah, answered, uh, that you cannot say that an Evad can testify. Even though you're right, he might be called a but he cannot testify. Why? Because Because we have a kavachomer, we can make kavachomer for an isha. Because we know for sure a woman is not able to testify. And based on the fact that you know a woman cannot testify, so once you know that a woman cannot testify, then he should be able to, Kalvachomer, learn out that a, a, an evad evet cannot either. How do we know a woman cannot? Because the Pesach says, V'am anoshim. With the words anoshim, men. It says men in the Pesach, that excludes a woman. But now, what's the Kalvachomer? Uma isha A woman who's allowed to marry any Jewish man, right? She's allowed to marry into Kalv Yisrael, into the community of the Jewish people. Nevertheless, She's disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. And Evan that's not allowed to marry into Carl, so any royal love of a cowl. Din is not a call That what? Then she Ages. So therefore you're right. You're the not fact not that know. brother they uses the word brotherhood by witnesses. On why it should incorporate that an Ever canon should be able to testify by the, the kavachomer that we're making for the, the fact the that an isha cannot. teaches you that an eved cannot as well. Now the Gemara wants to refute the kavachomer. The Gemara says because Mala isha a woman cannot have brasmila. an eved could have brismila So therefore, maybe that puts the eved on a higher level than the isha, and therefore maybe what? Therefore, the eved so it could be. a can you testify? Is that what we're about? Could be It should be allowed to testify. So therefore, Ma'ala Isha, Shekin, Eina, Ravila, Mila, Tom, Abbe, Evet, Shu, Roy, and therefore, your Kalvachomer has been refuted, and therefore, back to our question. So therefore, why are you excluding an Evet from testimony, according to Kachomer? He's considered to be a brother. Someone says that, that pircha, what you're asking from that mila, should make a difference. Clearly, is not a good question because cutniachir, I bring you right from a, a boy, a boy who's a minor, also even though he, even though he could have mila. He can't be a. He can't. So you see, Mila is not the make it or break it of whether you can 80s. testify. Even though he, can, he he's in the partial of circumcision, but he's possible wow. he ages. You can't ask me a question from a minor. He's not chived any mitzvahs. Wow. So therefore, maybe that's why he cannot testify. But on the other hand, and, and Evid, Tomar the Evid, Sure, so the mitzvahs that he is chayv, and a chunk of mitzvah and, and many mitzvahs that he is chayv, at least those like an Isha. So therefore what and therefore what? So it should therefore it should come out that if you cannot use a child as the rebuttal, then again, why can't uh why, why then, then, can't ever be uh, for ages. Why should you be, should be, you should be allowed to use for him for, for, for ages? For Sigmar right. so says like this. And when it says, no, but, but, so what, but what's the reason you cannot use a, 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 the minor as the rebuttal? Like, what's the reason well, you cannot, well, because he's saying, well, minor, you can't use a rebuttal, because maybe the reason a minor cannot testify yes. is because he can't do any mitzvahs. mitzvahs. Right. Can't do mitzvahs. When it says, but a woman will show you that's not true. Because a woman who could do the mitzvahs. Woman is also, obligated, also be right? Still cannot testify. So again, you cannot, make it a break, it cannot be the doing witnesses the was I, but we said by a woman, she can't do But a child will show you that that's not an issue. So now, instead of making it a Kalvachomer, two ways, let's make it a Tzad HaShava between all three. Let's bring in. You have to learn a little bit of from each, from each one. one. So, therefore, it's it's really a uh, binyanavabomishnake's. Not actually, That's us not, some sorry, it's, it's take that out. Even though she is obligated mitzvah, she she's still psulu le agus. <laughs> she's still psulu, right, disqualified for agus. But Chazra did, and the logic then returns. Why? Because one to one, you got A, B, and C. So we are uh, eved to isha to cotton. So one to one, you can say you cannot learn out one from the other because you cannot learn an isha. Uh, you cannot learn out directly from, a, from an uh, a, an ever to an isha because you have the issue of mila. But that child will prove it. But you cannot learn one-to-one and ever from child because a child is disqualified because he doesn't do any of the mitzvahs and ever does the mitzvah. But an isha will show you that that's not the redeeming reason to be able to testify. Between the two, between B and C, which is an isha and a child, together they will show you that an ever should also be disqualified from being able to testify. And therefore, even though the word brother, uh, which is used by testimony, should apply to the Evid Kanani, but between the combination of Isha and Cotton, we can make a Tzad Shavah. the common denominator between the two, will disqualify an Evid Kanani from being able to testify. So let's get how does it work? So you're going to tell me, an Isha is not able to testify, so an Eved shouldn't be able to testify. An Isha can marry whoever she wants, an Eved cannot. But an Isha can't testify, an Eved can't. So maybe the reason why an Isha can't testify, she can't have Rasmila. Because a child will show you can't have Rasmila, uh, they that he could have bris and still he's disqualified. And say, "Yeah, but a child can't do any of the mitzvahs." And Isha will show you she can do all the mitzvahs, still disqualified. But can do it. so. Between the two of them, each one's deficiency is knocked off by the other one. What is the common denominator? So let's see. The chazadin, and the argument returns. Yeah, the logic returns. That one, the, 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 the nature of the one, one to uh, one is not the same as the other. And the nature of the one is not like the other. A is not exactly like B, and A is not exactly like C. But the Tzadah between B and C, the common denominator is they don't, have, they don't do all the mitzvahs, right? They don't do all the mitzvahs. What do you mean they don't do all the mitzvahs? A woman is not uh, required. She only does uh, 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 only some of the mitzvahs, right? And... Uh, a minor has bris mila, right? but they still disqualify from testifying. so I can then include in that logic. An eved also is not having all the mitzvahs like a man, but never and therefore and therefore should be Should be disqualified from testifying, which then supports the chacham's contention, even though the word brother does. You, usually does refer to an Evid Kanani, but in this case, an Evid Kanani is disqualified from testifying because of, uh, because of the Tata shava between Isha and Cotton. So Mois says, like this. So Mois says, one second. That's not such a good analogy not such a good tzadah because I can show you a commonality between an ish and a katan that re- is a reason why they should not testify, whereas an evet should. You know what the reason is? Because you cannot use the word ish. The Pasuk uses the word ish, man testifying. A woman is not a man, and a child is not a man. And maybe that's why they're not able to testify, but an evet can is not ish. So maybe you should still be able to testify. That's the most question. Where it says, <laughs> is because you cannot confer them with a title ish. Can you say the same thing by an evet, true ish that is considered to be an ish. And therefore, maybe you should be able to testify if you consider to be a brother so the question returns on the Chachamim. Someone says, you're right. Instead of uh, learning out just from the case of Isha and Khartan, let's add a third uh, scenario, a third situation that could help knock out the reason why an Eved, is not, uh, an Eved is not able to testify. Because what are you telling me? That an Eved has got a, a, a the fact that he's an Ish should allow him to testify. What about a goslin, a thief? Is a thief able to testify? No. Even though he's an Ish. So what do you see? That just being an ish on its own is not enough of redeeming value to be able to go ahead and testify. That's what we, so we're trying the rebuttal of the Tzad we're trying to re- refute it from the case of, of Goslin. So Ella takes me Ghazlan, why don't you learn it out from Goslin? When I says that's not a good refutation. The reason why you cannot use a Goslin is not because inherently there's something that he that, that, that he's disqualified about a Goslin. It's based on choices that the Goslin made. The Goslin is not trusted because he's shown that he's a thief and that disqualifies him. So you cannot, you cannot use that as a rebuttal as why an Evid should not. Maybe generally an Ish is should be able to testify. An Evaknani, then, if you call him brother, should be able to testify. Ah, a and an Ish, but the reason why a Ghazlan's not able to testify is because his actions disqualified, disqualified him. So Ma'la Gazlan and She'kein Masav it's his own actions that caused him to disqualify disqualified. Tomer of can you say the same thing about a slave? She'en Ma'asav Garmolo, that it's not his actions that caused him. So what it says like this, you're right. So now what you have to do is let's combine, A being Evan. okay, that's what we want to know, that's the source we want, but combine, Uh, B, C, and D. Between a cotton, Isha, and a goslin. that between the three of them, each one's deficiency is knocked off by the other one. The commonality between them is that they're disqualified so too an ever Kinani will become disqualified. So Use ghazlan and use one of the other ones, either Isha or katin, between the two, to an ghazlan or an isha and a cotton, and use that as the Tzad HaShova to disqualify an Evid evet Kinani. How does that work? Alright, so let's see. The com uh the uh, the Raji a very interesting thing. Raji says is that uh that, that, that uh, the common characteristic is that they don't keep all the mitzvahs. A woman, and that's what Rashi says, a woman and a minor, because they're not obligated in all the mitzvahs, and a, and a, and a, and a thief doesn't keep all the mitzvahs because of, because of his wickedness, doesn't keep all the mitzvahs, which is why they don't get to testify. Uh, therefore, an evad Kanani who doesn't keep all the mitzvahs also, he's not commanding all the mitzvahs, also will not testify. So what are you going to go? Let's go one to one. I an isha, is not considered to be an ish, or a mine is considered an ish. That's knocked off by Gazan. Gazan is considered to be an ish. i a Gazan caused it to himself. An isha and a cotton did not cause it to themselves. Means deficiency by each one is knocked off. The other. Commonality is somebody that is not keeping all the mitzvahs does not get to testify. So to an he doesn't keep all the mitzvahs, will not get to testify. Okay. Now, so that is basically one, uh, one mahalach of how we know that an Ebed Kanani is not able to testify, even according to the Rabbonon, that he is called Achicha, because he's your brother in mitzvahs, he's still not able to testify because of the Tzad shava between Gazlin and either Cotton or Isha. Now, de Ravina Amar. We're going to now bring another another source in the Torah that the outcome of it will be that an Eved Kanani is not able to do what? Ages. Not able to testify. Now, what is the source? So we have a pasuk in, in, the, in the Torah. It says, Lo yumsu Avos al Now, the simplest understanding is fathers should not be put to, de- to death because of their sons which is the possibly one Sanhedrin uses that to teach me relatives can't testify against one another alright the simplest understanding we're going to see that's not going to be the outcome the final outcome but that Avos let's go fathers should not be put to death Albonim because of the sons means because of the testimony means a son cannot testify against the father relatives are not are disqualified from testimony what's that? On, right, and the other way also it says the other way. Now says the Gemara as follows. Says the Gemara like this. Now, Moses, that what I just explained is not the correct shot. It's not that fathers should not be put to death based on the testimony of the sons. And we'll see why that's not the correct shot. What is the correct shot? The correct su avos is that you should not. Based on the testimony, lo Alpi al pi avos, you should not put uh, people to death based on fathers. All right. That let me say it outside, and we'll see if they read it inside. But it means like this. Basically, what the pasuk is saying is, you can't accept the testimony of a father unless he has the capacity to create a lineage to a son. That means in order to be a valid witness, Minatora, you have to be able to create a genealogy to a son, which knocks out an Kanani. Because an Kanani, as we said before, cannot create that genealogy while as an Kanani. So therefore, that's the source that you cannot accept an Everkenani as a test for testimony. So let's see this side. So Lo Yumsu. The, the way Amar uh, Bered Ravine is learning it, that you should not, uh, people should not be put to death yumsu uh, through the avos Alpi through the testimony of fathers, unless if if they him unless they can create a lineage to their sons. But if they cannot create a lineage to the sons, you cannot accept the testimony of the father of the person. The Right, now, why? What gives you the right? It's a very creative way of reading the positive. Why isn't the positive reading the simplest understanding? The simplest understanding, what is the positive referring to? That a, a, a father should not be put to death by the testimony of his son. You're flipping the whole puzzle around. You're learning now that he can only accept the testimony of a father if he's able to have a relationship with a son. But if he does not have a yichas, a jinyad of a son, then he's possible for ages. That's how you're learning it. But why? Why not read it simply? The simple shot is that don't execute the father based on the, his son's testimony. Right? That's the, way, the simplest way we would have understood it. So it's like this: the isal k'daytch because if you would have thought amrinan that the correct shot in the pasuk is what we um, the, the simple the simple interpretation that you can't that you can't testify against that the simple understanding means that a son a father cannot, cannot die. Attend- Based on the testimony Based on the of the son, son right? These al gadayte chidam Rinan, lo yumsu avos al bonim. Like we would normally say, that means that the is bonim, that the testimony of the children cannot be used against their fathers. The problem with that is, that the pasuk is not written very carefully. The because the pasuk says the word avos is fathers and bonim is sons. Now, if you wanted to make it specifically referring to the son cannot testify against his father, then the right way to have written it was Licht of Arachman, when he wrote this possev, should have said, Lo yumsu avos Al hem, in the possessive. That means fathers should not die because of the testimony of their sons, not of sons should have said of their sons. And then then the, it would have been clear. It's, 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 it's just general, general. sons. I mean, general sons means that's just, it's, it's not the not way it would, Yeah, that's, therefore, why is it right in general? Because that means, what we're saying is, in order to accept the testimony of a father, he has to be able to produce sons. That's what it means. Not that a father shouldn't die because of the testimony of his son, because then it should have written b'nei because of their sons. It doesn't write a b'nei Right? right? So, my bonim, why is it right in the general way? Sh'ma from this we can derive, is that that you cannot use the testimony of fathers, if they are not able to create a lineage with their own children, with their own sons. But well, it says like this, okay, great. I understand you, really wonderful analysis of the first part, the first clause of that passage. But as you said, this posseg has a second half. What does the second half say? So based, el based on what you're saying, Now there you have the same problem, because it doesn't say avosam, their fathers. It says, children should not die because of fathers. Now according to your analysis, you, we don't we shouldn't be learning it that sons cannot die because of the testimony of the fathers. What it means is don't accept testimony of sons unless they have a genealogical link to... Father. To their fathers, you, meaning I. Uh, now the problem with that is that's incorrect because then that would exclude who from testifying. Who does not have a uh, genealogical uh, link to uh, uh, a father? Ger. And we know Gerim Akashallah Le'edus. The, that's the problem. It comes out that that would then knock out Gerim from testifying. So, Moses says like this. So, therefore, so, Achenami, so use the same logic. Do not testify with the testimony of children that do not have the ability to create a genealogical link with their fathers. So It should come out that a ger should be disqualified from testifying, which we know is not correct. So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva, said, One second. Your analogy cannot be correct. Is that correct? You can't say that. Ger, a ger, even though it's true, he doesn't have a link up. However, ger is able to create a link down. And Evet Kanani does not have a link up or down. Someone says like this, even though there is no link upwards to a father for a ger, but Lamata but there is a link down. lafuke Eved, which is to the exclusion of the Evid, he doesn't have a link up or down. Now Okay, fine. You're making a distinction between an ever and a, 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 a ger, but the question still remains. But the, from the reading of the psukim, though, if you want to analyze the first clause that way, then you should really be analyzing the second clause that way as well. Where says no. That's where I will argue with you because the to ages. Because if in fact the outcome of the reading of the psukim, like you want to analyze it, should be that a ger is disqualified from uh, from testimony, then the right way <coughs> to have written the psukim. The right way to have written the psukim would have been the following way. So this architectus, so should have written the Psukim like this. The first clause should have said, "Lo Yamsu avos al It should have said, do not uh, execute fathers are uh, based on the testimony of their sons. Like we would have normally have said, the Bishad is telling you relatives, a son cannot testify against the father. That's what it should have written for the first clause. The second clause could have written... And lo, right, that which, which would teach you lo that children cannot testify to their fathers, and that would have been the that would have been the takeaway from there. But rachmana, and then the second clause should have written banim al There you keep it al and banim lo al and that uh, a, a, a child cannot testify unless he's able to have a link with his father. That and that would have t- taught me that a ger is not able to testify, and that way if you would have written it that way. You would have been able to learn out both messages. a tray. Both messages could have been learned out. One is that if you're a relative, a child cannot testify against his father. And the second thing you would have learned out that you cannot use children that can't create a link with their that don't have a link with their fathers cannot be used. I.e., who cannot be used for testimony? They don't have a link with a father. again and Kalvachom, if you cannot use a ger, then what? Then for sure you would not be able to <laughs> use an Nebuchadnezzar, because he doesn't link up or down. So if in fact it was true that a ger was not valid for testimony, then the, the psukim should have been written completely the other way. It should have been written, the first half of the clause should have been teaching me that relatives can't testify, which is one of the takeaways we wanted to learn. And the second clause should have just knocked out ger. There's no need to have a pasuk that teaches me knocking out eviknani, because eviknani I don't need a pasuk. If you're knocking out Gare, sure Karbachoma you're gonna knock out Evet Kanani. The fact that the first clause is knocking out Evet Kanani, that by default teaches me that, that Gare is okay. Because if a Gare was no good, then I should only need a boss to knock out a Gare and Karbachoma knocked out Everkenani. So it says like this so the Idah well Yom Zalbi Bonnet was a blaze. Um uh, so the second half of the clause should have said, which would have knocked out ger. and you would have learned that the evidence no good from the kal from ger. Because a ger that only can't go up genealogically, but downwards does. He, he has a relationship down to his son, so posle edus, and he's still disqualified for ades if that would have been the case. So ever and ever doesn't have an up way or down. So eino is not a kalva chomer. She posle edus, she posle edus. It's the element chazav the fact that the Torah wrote lo yomso avos albanim demashma lo yomso bi avos and that which teaches me, because it didn't say al-banahem, which teaches me dafka and evet kenani, Right, so if you need a positive, each may have a knani. By default, ages me that a ger would be okay. Because why do you have to write the specific positive by a knani? Shmamina eved the lechais l'olamata l'olamata. It's dafka the eved knani who's no good up or down genealogically. Who the apostle leedus. So, but but a valger shkeivan deyesh lechais l'mala kosh leedus. Since he can go, just he doesn't l'mata. Since he can't go up, but he, but he is able to go down genealogically kosh leedus. Ah, your question is, but the second half of the pasuk, then why did it write it al avos? It should have written it al avos some. Why did it write al avos? The chitam yumsu al that uh, children should not be uh, die from the testimony of their fathers, which would have taught us the second thing we wanted to know is that relatives can't testify. So la me the cause of rachmano la yumsu al avos. Why did it write al avos and not avos sayem? which implied that you cannot use testimony if they cannot have a link up, which did disqualify Nevet Nani. That's not, such, uh, this is a gear. So, uh, I did because of let's, for for for, uh, for congruency for kicks, for symmetry because since the first half of the clause used al bonim so therefore the second half of the clause said al avos but the second half should not be dealt with al avos be dealt with avos sayem that's coming to teach me relatives don't teach don't but not to knock out the gear. I did because of La yamsu al so since it wrote in the first clause al bonim because of nami al yamsu al avos the second clause. Let's go weiter. The Mishnah said, <laughs> That a cherish, a shote, and a cotton, an encounter with them is considered to be negative, because we said that they are they can inflict when they inflict damage, you can't collect. When you inflict damage on them, you cause damage to them. Okay. And the word now brings down the following story. Ime, the mother of Rav Shmuel bar Abba. So the mother of Shmuel bar Abba from the from Hagrunya, haves nesivaleh le Rebi Abba. She married another fellow, she liked the name Abba. So her first marriage, the name was, uh, she married a guy named Abba, something happened to him, let's say he died, and then she went and married a second guy whose name was Rebi Abba. All right, She had a son from the first marriage whose name was Shmuel. Rav Shmuel bar Abba, the mother of Shmuel bar Abba married a fellow whose name was Rebi Abba. Now, what she did was the following. Now, she had a, 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 a state, she had land. Now, the Allah is when you marry a, a somebody, that land is, becomes his malug. He's able to use it for his use of rights. Now, she, in essence, is the owner of the land, but the right of usage when she gets married belongs to the, now what normally would happen is if she she predeceases him, she dies first, what would happen to the land? He He inherits that land. He becomes now the primary owner, not only just of the uh, fruits, but he also, the care and he now owns the principal, Right, if he dies first, then that land reverts to her. Okay? Doesn't go, right. right. It's her good. land, but oh. he only had use of fruit rights, he, he doesn't bequeath the fruit rights to his children. But she owns the land oh, now. Goes what back, goes back to her? It right now, her. now what happened was as follows: is that she had the son from the previous marriage. She wanted to make sure that it, that it stays with her son. So she wrote a document saying that you are the owner of this property. Now what is she going to gain? Because if the father, if, if her second husband dies, then there's no problem. Because it becomes hers and she has a right, she becomes hers completely, even there's no more use of fructory rights that that guy had. And it becomes now f- fully hers to have given over to her son. But what she was trying to gain, that even if she dies her first, purpose, which purpose, normally what should happen? She should go to the husband. She's trying to circumvent that process that in that case, it would not necessarily go to the husband. The husband would still have Yusuf rights and the son would still have to wait, the son from the first marriage would still have to wait from the husband for the second marriage to die. But once that, son from the, once that husband from the second marriage dies, then it would become fully the property of her son from the first marriage. Well, you're with, you're with me with what happened here? All right, so let's go on. So let's see, so I going to say as follows. So Ime Dirabs Mul Bar Abba Ma'agrunyo, Havis Mestivail Rababa. She married a second marriage, a fellow named Rababa. And Kasfinulla Niksei Dirabs <laughs> Mul Bar Abba Baro. And she wrote over the properties that she had, the Niksei that she brought into the marriage. She wrote over to her son, Shmuel Bar Abba, from the first marriage. That Baza the Shiva, after she died, now there became a big court case. Why? Because, because the mother and the son or are you, the, the second husband and the from the first marriage or in a fight. Correct. bar Abba Sir bar I'm not sure if there's any relatives there but Rab Yirmi uh, Rab Shmuel bar Abba went to Rab Yirmi bar Abba saying is that listen I have the document that when that this property is my property. So ben b'Nixai he established this property as the rightful owner being who? Being... Himself, did his, his mother give it to him? Right now, even though, bear in mind, even though the Chorah it still doesn't mean that he has. He has. He means he's the heir that has the right to inherit it. The chora, yeah, I don't believe it means that and the until until the father, the father dies. Maybe the father can still do it. Right, but he's just clarifying. Yes, it. his correct, correct. Right. Now, uh, now. So therefore Now, the problem is that Azal Rebi Abba, that's the second husband, all yeah. right. Amra Lamil, the commander of Oshia. He went to a different rabbi, Rab Oshia. Azal course, Ohira of Oshia went and Amra Khhm of Yehuda. He went to rab Yehuda, and Amar lay, and rabbi Yehuda said this is where the ruling of Rab Yehuda. he said, "Hahi Amr Shmu that Shmuel says. Right. Meaning Ravi Yehuda was a Talmud of Shmuel. Okay. Right? Yeah. Remember, remember Yehuda learned by Rav and when Rav died he moved to Shmuel. So he said that this is what Shmuel said. Okay. That if a woman tries to sell her Niksimalug, that's the properties that she has given the usufructory rights over to her current husband. Okay. She tries to sell them when her husband is still alive, the Mesa and she dies. Habal mo'zimiyad lekuchos. The husband can take it away. He takes it completely away from the, the, the first son. No, from the purchasers. Oh, from, the purchase. from the purchasers. Meaning like this. So what did the what was the purpose of the sale? Means It's a specul. It's a speculative sale. Meaning she can sell it to a buyer yeah. only on condition that what will happen. That at the time of her death, that husband can come and... No, that if that husband died first and therefore it should really go to her, then it can go to the buyer. But what she cannot do is circumvent that if she dies first, it should now become the, 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 the buyers that she cannot do. And that point, it becomes fully the husband and he takes it away from the buyer. Which now, move it back to our case. Therefore, it should Therefore, come out... it should come out that the that Abba should should have it and not her first son. And not from Shmuel bar Abba. Shmuel bar Abba, he's, it, 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 he basically was only, it was a, a speculatory gift. Yeah. It would only re, really have an impact, says Shmuel, if what? If... The if the yeah. second yeah. husband yeah. predeceased the wife, yeah. that wouldn't happen. All right. So we have over here, therefore, a machlokas between what Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Abba ruled for Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba and what uh, Rabbi Abba, what what what, what, what uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Hoshea, Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel ruled on behalf of Rabbi Abba. Make sense? Yeah. So Amroka made the Rav bar Abba. So they took the ruling of Rav Yehuda, who said in the name of Shmuel, and they went back to Rav bar Abba, I guess, trying to get him to retract his ruling on behalf of Rav Shmuel bar Abba. Let's not come, it's come confusing with the names. So Amroka, so he said like this, I, listen, I, all I know is a Mishnah trumps the ruling of an Amora. And I can tell you what the Mishnah says. What does the Mishnah say? I know a Mishnah. Okay? And therefore, and that Mishnah should be what's used to determine the halacha, not the ruling yeah. of the Amorish What was that? This none we learned in a Mishnah. So this is the Mishnah in Bababasra. Baba Basra. Okay? What did it say over there? Hakosev nechosav livno So you have over here, this is like a living trust. Okay? You have a situation where the father is alive. He doesn't want to gift everything now to the son completely, because what's he afraid of if he gifts everything to the son now? He's gonna be in the poor house. Exactly, i will put him in the old age home and he's done with, okay? So what he does is, is I'm gonna gift it all to you now on, that when I die, then you become the sole, the, 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 the sole owner of the property. But up to the point that you die, what's the father retaining for himself? The um, <coughs> father he retains all of it. Then. No, no, I no. I still want to be able to live off it's the, the, uh, of the, on the on land. The so the chowret is similar. I'm, uh, I'm using the yusufructory the rights are still mine, but it becomes yours completely when I die. Okay? okay. Similar to the case that we want to make it a, That's what, what you're saying. It's similar yeah. to the case we're dealing with over here. Now, it says, The, the son, son cannot son. sell it completely. Why can't he go sell it completely? Because, he, We've because the one who has the rights to use it right now, it's still under the controlling rights of the... the father. Father. And the father cannot sell it now to a third buyer, a third party, why? Because to event because he already wrote him over to his son. means one really, if you want to look at it, one has the principal, one has the, the payrolls, right? Now. Mahaharaab, but let's say the father did sell it. The only thing is able to sell is what victory, right. you're right. It's correct. So therefore, mechuron atchiyamos. They sold until he dies. It means the, the the new buyer is allowed to use them for the use of rights because that's what the father was able to sell. That's what he still had his interest in it. But when he dies, when the father dies, it's going back to the son. Then uh, Then uh, Then it goes back to the son. Right now, other way around. hab haben. This is what interests us. What happens if the son? Tries to sell, alright? Is that really that the, the, the son has no actual usage interest in this property? And therefore, the buyer is no not able to use the land until the father dies. But, Masha, when the father dies, then the, the, the then sale, the sale is, is going to be valid to the point that the buyer now is the, becomes the new owner oh, no. of that property. Okay? Now, that's, that's the Mishnah in Baba Basra. What does Rabbi Yirmi bar Abba want to use this to show me? What does he want to use? He says like this. Now, ki mayes av... It says though that the, the, the last clause, right? It says that the son sold it, the buyer can't use it until the father dies. But as much when the father died, what happens? Khimaiz Av miho is they look, the buyer now becomes the complete owner. Right? Now, it didn't tell you, and this is going to be the nuance that we're gonna be doing, It didn't say what was the status of the son? During that, the son alive or not now it doesn't make a distinction, so therefore, if you remember, I want to say it seems that it makes no difference whether the son had already died or the son did not yet die, right? Because right. it's obvious that if the father died first and the son is still alive, then I can understand that it all transfers to the buyer, because the son has a right to give it to him now. He had a right to sell, because he, he, be, he would be able to... But, we, but, but what Rabbi I said, it's mashma that even if the son died before the father, even if the son dies before the father, when the father dies, it transfers all the way to the, to the, buyer. To the buyer. So it's ma'ashmah. It's mashma even if the son predeceased the father, right, which means the son never really actually took possession of it why didn't he really take possession of it because he didn't although the usage of it was still with the father right nevertheless if the son be deceased the father and the father dies what the son's sale was a valid sale and the buyer gets it alright now before we continue on which by the way therefore would prove says Rav Yerimim Bar Abba my ruling that proves my ruling because that basically is saying is that when the mother cuz the mother's in the same situation as the son was the mother doesn't have controlling usage of the property right now she just owns it she just she owns the and and when so when when the when when she sells it when she gave it to the son it and the uh, even if she died first and then the father dies, but it should, it should go, go to the son and not to the Or the father's kid. side of the of the family. Right. That's what he wanted to bring a right. But the mother points out that there's actually a machlokus Rishlokish and on how to learn that Mishnah in Baba Basra. The way Rav Minbar Abba is learning that Mishnah in Baba Basra, he's <laughs> learning it the way Rish Lokish learned it. How so? He says bin Lokish to Amar that he learned that since the Mishnah did not make a distinction in that last case, did the son predecease the father, or did the son not be, it makes no difference whether the son pre-deceased the father which means if he predeceased the father he never the son never actually took hold of the property and or whether the son, the father died before the son because in that case it makes more sense because the because then the son did get it from the father either way and then it should be a good riot to what we are trying to say. Now, the Moran says, why are we pointing out that this only goes like the Itmar, because we do have a Machlokas, how to understand the Mishnah in Baba Basra. The case that we're dealing with, the son sold it, means what happened, remember what happened is the son, the father gave it to the son, but it should only become completely his, after the father died. The father still wanted to have the use of fructory rights over it. And, the case, and then the son went ahead and sold it. And then the son died before the father so Rabbi Yohannam lo- are disagrees with what we said before. Because as says in that case, when the son died first, he never actually took hold of it. So that negates the sale that he did to the third party. And who in fact gets it right now? It goes completely to the father, which means when the father dies, he doesn't go back to the lokech. It goes to the father's side of the family, all right. Reish Lakish disagrees. Reish Amar He says no. He says the Mishnah, the case we're dealing with, the Mishnah didn't make a distinction as to when the father, when the son dies, it could even be when the son predeceased the father. The sale would still be good, and therefore it doesn't matter. And therefore, look if the son died first. The father still retains his usufructory rights, but when the father dies, then it completely becomes the property of the lokech. So now, it comes out, therefore, let's go through it. Rabbi Yochanan, kind of Rabbi Yochanan says that the does not acquire it, in which case? When does the not acquire When well, what happened? I'm not sure when the father died. When the son died. Remember, the son sold it, and then he died first. So at when when the time when he tried to sell it, he didn't and have his rights on it. The sufruchtary rights were by the father. So, so therefore, so he says, else. Amar, Lo, he holds, Ki katani he says that the Mishnah, that says that the buyer does get it, he's, he's not talking about a case the where the son died before, died before, the, father. before the, father. the father. And as we told him when the father died first, mm-hmm. He says that it's talking about, uh, that uh, when it says in the Mishnah that this, the little calf doesn't acquire it until the father dies, it's is It's only if the father dies. That's what it's saying. It says that he doesn't get it until, uh, the, uh, until the father dies. but the father has to die for the little to get it. Because this and it can't be talking about where the son has not has died in the father, right? Because in that case, the father, the son was still alive when the father did it. The son took full ownership of it retroactively. What the son did then is considered to be a full sale because he took full possession upon the death of his father. But if the son predeceased the father, says Rabbi Yochanan, it never came. To the possession of the son, so, so at that point, if the father dies after him, Lays the Lokav does not have any rights to it, uh, so therefore, Lays the Alma, we see that Rabbi Yochanan Shita is, he also used to fructory rights, is considered like owning the thing itself, even though it's split. That you said one owns the property, the other one owns the rights of the property, halachically, legally, the rights to use. Use of frugtary rights is if you have use of rights as if you own the actual thing itself, which means that the, when the son tried to sell it to the seller, he was, to the buyer, he was really not selling anything at that point. Why was he not selling anything? Because the father, That's which means the, the father is considered like he's owning the principal brother. as well at that point. The only way the sale works is if the father had died first, and, and then it a transfer back. to him, you and then the, the, the sale, and then it's the right, back. right. And therefore, the chizavin loved the day zavin. And therefore, at the time when he sold, it, the father was still alive, he really sold nothing. Rav Shimon and Omer he disagreed. Rav Shimon and said, that the Lakayach does acquire it upon the death of the father." tani when the Mishnah said that Macharabben that if the son sold it, that the Lakayach doesn't own it until the father dies and keep ma'is Ab, but it's ma'ash, when the father does die, miah, nevertheless, is does acquire it, he says it doesn't make a distinction about when the son died. So lo lo it doesn't make a difference whether the son is still alive, or do ben, and therefore came to the son after the death of his father. Or lo shna or even if the son, be deceased, the father, do of that when the father dies, the, the third party, the lekev, will acquire it. Alma, we see what is Israel Lakish holds. He disagrees with the concept because Savrakinya He holds that the fact that you have used fructory rights in the item does not make it as if it's yours. It still belongs to the son because you gave it to the son, and therefore when the son sold it to lekev, it's, it's valid. Like this, so Alma, because Savrakinya bears Beres, La'ke Kinyan and therefore when the son sold it, today, Kazavin. Is considered to be selling his own thing, and now let's go back. and now we—that we—that we, Rabbi, you remember Abba wants to bring a raya from this Mishnah that what the woman did is considered to be binding, yeah. even though she pre Right, Abba both Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Yehuda, they both hold like. Rab Shimon Ben Lakish, which means we're talking about a case, they understand the mission is talking about a case where the son died even during the, the lifetime of the Father. And on that, means that's the, the understanding right now, is they both understood the Mishnah like Reish Lokish, and that's why Raviyah Rebbe said, listen, the bottom line is, I have a Mishnah that supports me. I'm, I'm, I don't care what Shmuel says, I have a Mishnah. Why? So If you held that owning the payrolls is like owning the goof, then, then it should be that when the father died and the son had predeceased him, then why should the get it? It should stay with the father and his side of the family. Because when the son sell, sold it, Kazav was not selling anything, right? What we see from here is Kenyan uh, uh, Bayros. Is love kekinyan hagufdami, which is the way Lukish understood it, which therefore means that the fact that the husband has nixtamalug when the wife gave it to her son, it's considered to be a valid gift, and even if she predeceased the son, it still goes to, still goes to the son, and does not go to the father. And when the father does dies, the son gets it, and not the father side of the family. So Hadlukame Dra of Yehuda. So more says they brought it back to Yehuda. you know, we'll have to stop over here, I'll we'll have to go through this one, so.